Welcome to Dual Win Games episode 33. Today we review On Mars. And we bring back Table Talk and we discuss what is our Mount Rushmore of board games. We're your hosts. We got Ryan here. And this is Tim. Once again without Michael. Yes. He is curling, I believe. Again, that's always an excuse. Yeah, I figure that's going to end soon. So, Tim, you got a lot going on in the world, obviously, with the coronavirus. Yep. We're still able to get together and record, and I guess we're just going to sit and talk about board games, and hopefully we can get your mind off of what's going on, I guess. Right. Yeah. Hey, everyone. So, real quick, I wanted to give a update. So, we recorded this episode on March 18th of 2020. And since then, the COVID-19 has moved further in our state. Uh, So it's kind of forced our state to kind of go on a lockdown, so to speak. I know a lot of places are affected. So with the safe in place order and the kind of the nationwide social isolation, it's kind of put our game days and our kind of recording and production schedule behind you know we want to make sure everyone's safe and you know we're doing our part not spreading this or making it any worse so uh, with that just kind of keep an eye out on our social media pages we'll definitely post when uh, our new episode is going to be coming out till then enjoy this one uh, also look back at some of our older stuff if uh, if we are delayed for a little bit yeah and i uh, hope everyone's staying safe and healthy out there so what have you been playing lately? Well, Michael, your brother that is not here, he brought Pulsar 2849 to game day. Got to play that for the first time. You know, I'm always unsure about the the dice placement, dice action games. Yep. You know? Any game with dice, that's not combat. Correct. Yeah, that's about right. So... <laughs> uh, And this one is you basically draft dice, which again, kind of like uh, it made me think of Sagrada, probably because Aaron brought it up about the whole drafting dice. Why would this game make you think of Sagrada? He brought it up when we were like starting to play because the snake draft and that you're drafting dice. That's the only correlation. I know. All right. But it made me remember, oh, that's right, yeah. another game with dice that I didn't like. And realistically, though, I did like this game, and because there's so many options in the game that you use those dice on, and there's different things you can do to mitigate what dice roll you have, yes, there are times where there were things I wanted to do, but I couldn't because of the dice that came up when I drafted. But you just kind of go with it. Uh, so the gist of the game, first player is going to roll all the dice. I can't remember how many dice are even in that that initial roll. Do you remember? I think it's one more than the number of players. I think I can't remember, though, because we played two-player a few times. It might even be more than one more than the number of players, but... It's like okay. seven, nine, eleven. I can't remember. Because there's always one dice left over after for the four draft. players. Yeah, yeah. So okay. So for a four-player game, let's just say there's five dice. You roll those dice. Nine dice. Nine so dice. Oh, that's right. We each get two. What a fool. So 
there's the nine dice in there. You roll them, and then you do the snake draft. You're going to basically get two actions on your turn. And what you're doing is you're moving your little spaceship around the board to different planets. You can discover them. Uh, so you can spend those dice to move. You can spend those dice to get pulsars if you land on certain areas. You can charge them up and then release them, release energy, whatever. It really, it's pretty themeless, I would say. Oh, yeah. As far as just moving around Yeah, on it the looks board. cool, but there's no theme. Yeah, it looks really cool. You got, you got gyrodynes and pulsars and stuff. Yeah, another space game with just wacky out are, there. Yeah, I'm those sure are there real are words, though, like gyrodynes. But it's not something you use every day. No, no. When's the last time you heard somebody say gyrodyne? First time I think I heard it was this game. Oh, yeah. I don't watch the space stuff, though, like informational shows or anything. Oh, okay. But I'm, just, uh, uh, I'm a lower peasant class when it comes to space knowledge. <laughs> I didn't realize there were classes. <laughs> so yeah, I yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, like I said, there were times that I would get a little frustrated because there were I had a goal in mind of what I wanted to do and I couldn't do it. Uh, but really, there's so many options on your turn to spend those dice with that really, it wasn't like the end of my game or my the end of my strategy because I couldn't do what I wanted to do. It just yeah, there's probably a lot of other problems that you did along the way that would contribute to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I did beat Aaron, though. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> if that's your goal, all right. <laughs> you show up and you're halfway there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I like this one quite a bit. I like the uh, the setup from game to game is quite a bit different with your... The player boards are a little bit different, but then the in-game goals and the technology grid that you have action, uh, stuff to choose from is always different, giving different points or buffs in different areas that mm -hmm. I like a lot. And yeah, it's just a point salad with dice, and I, re I enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah. You guys up new? One I played recently is actually a little while ago, Expedition to Newdale. I only played that one once. So that, it's a card... It's a card game with a lot of like chaining and production. Before you get too far, yes. Who's the designer? Uh, Alexander Fister. Oh, okay. <laughs> you didn't give us full title. I was surprised. It's, uh, it's a it's a lot to say. I'm trying to get through the recent play here. <laughs> so was a slap in his face at that point. I'll get there. Okay. Or is there a reason you didn't give the? Full no, there's no reason. I just didn't. Oh, okay. So it's there's a map. There's a board that's a map, and you're kind of building buildings on that map. Um, there's a bunch of different maps, so you can kind of play in a campaign if you want, or you can just pick and choose a map as well. doesn't matter. There's little rule differences for certain games and stuff like that, so that's kind of nice. But the crux of it, you're basically playing cards, building buildings, and with those buildings, you're generating resources through chaining. So, like, let's say I have... a I can't have a bakery. Um, I need wheat and I need, I don't know, whatever else a bakery needs. But I got to discard either cards in my hand maybe that have wheat. And then I get that, however many cards I discard, that's how many goods of for the bakery bread I get. Okay. Uh, maybe for like, to make cow meat, I need cows and I need, uh, I need like, maybe I need some meat cutting tools, you know. Just, <laughs> I can't even think right now, but things like that. <laughs> 
So maybe I have one card has cows on it with five cow goods, and maybe I have another card with goods. So you're basically discarding cards in your hand or different goods to make upgraded, better goods, things like that. Okay. The other main part of the game is you can also try to produce on buildings. So you put your worker in one of a few different slots. It's usually two, three, or four different spots. The higher spot you put it, the more resources you'll get of it but it's kind of a push your luck a little bit because at the start of each round there's an event but basically what that event is going to show besides the event that's happening but it's going to show a certain number i think there's four different colored workers and it's going to show how many workers are available that round and each card or building that you build shows a certain number of each worker that it needs to activate or to produce and you kind of like so you'll have those on the card, and then at the end of the round, when your buildings actually produce, you draw out of the bag to see what the rest of the workers are that you get. So you know about a little over half of the workers, maybe. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's you can push your luck, and you might get hose, but you can discard, I think, two cards, but a certain amount of cards from your hand to make up for each worker that's missing. So there is a mitigation element to it. Okay. So you're doing a few other things, but that's the crux of the game is kind of those two things. So I like it. I'm not wild about it, but it's also medium light, I would say. But I really like the the production and the chaining and like the push your luck part of it quite a bit. I really like that. So I'd like to play it a couple more times to know how I, you know, feel in the long run about it. But I did enjoy my first play. But it's very simple and quick, but yet near the end it kinda you had some decisions to make and right at the end you can chain as much stuff as you want, as many times as you want. During mm-hmm. the game, you're kind of limited, and then at the end, you can kind of just go for a full, just totally run your engine as much as you want. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So where, I mean, you've only played one or two games of this. Mm-hmm. So can you even say where it's going to fall on your Fister lineup? Well, I mean, it's not going to, it's not medium heavy, so. Yeah, but it's still. It's not the Lord's, Sir Alexander Fister, Lord of medium heavy Euro games. That's not his bread and butter for me. I I get that. That wasn't my question. Okay. It was of the Fister games. Where does it fall? I haven't. He doesn't really have any other games in this weight. I would say his other ones are usually light or they're so, kind of. So this would be like heavier than Broom Service. Heavier than, a little heavier than Broom Service and Isle of Sky, but a lot lighter than Blackout, Great Western Trail, okay. Maracaibo, and Mombasa and stuff. So it's kind of it's closer to Broom Service and Isle of Sky. Okay, but wait. Pr- with the chaining and all that stuff, yeah, it probably weight makes wise, it... it's closer to that. But yeah, with that stuff, it makes it okay. Heavier. I think you'd like it. I don't think you'd be like wild about it, but I think you'd enjoy it. Hmm. The chaining is pretty fun and all that stuff. If you're gonna what you want to do, well, I'd like to try it. Yep. Anything else that you've gotten played, Tim? Yes, I have a new play. Oh boy! So with all this craziness going on in the world, my son, my seven year old, is off of school. So earlier today... He broke down? Wanted to play something with you? Uh, yeah, well, I told him he couldn't go on his tablet. And I told him we could play a game later, then he got all pumped up. So we busted out Memoir, I think is how it's pronounced. Or how you say it. It's, it's not Memoir 44, it's... No, it's like memoir It's like a monster one. Like a pirate memory game. Oh, I thought it was a memoir 44 and he just pronounced it weird right away. Oh, that. Because you're like memoir. <laughs> no, that's why it's just. And it I was just like, oh, you weird. played memoir. And I was like, oh. No. Okay. He he probably could. Maybe, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll try that. 
No, this is uh, quite a bit lighter than that. So <laughs> this, you basically have these cards. You're going to make a five by five grid. In the middle, you're going to take out the middle card, not look at it. And the middle is like a volcano. So it's like a multiplayer um, memory game. But what happens is the first player to go, they flip over one of the cards. So on all the cards, it shows a an animal pirate. And then it shows like in the background, it has like a land type. So it might have like the ocean, the jungle, the, the sands. So if I flip one over and it has like a penguin in the water. Now my son, he gets, he has to choose a card on his, and on, on the board to flip over and he has to either match the animal or the land type. If he matches it, then it comes back to me and then I have to try to match. So we, you're kind of dueling back and forth. If you flip a card and it doesn't match the animal or the lamp type, you take a volcano card and basically the last player in the round, they get to take a treasure card. You flip them back over and then you're going it again. So you do like seven rounds of that. And for a memory kids game, I would, uh, I would recommend it for that, you know, like a big group of like our like main gaming group. Probably not. Maybe if we're just looking to kill some time. Uh, you know, it was kind of like funny laughing, you know, if you just randomly flip a card and it happens to match. So would you rather you had... play this or guess who with them? Well, this. Really? What, you're a big Class guess who guy? The classic guess who? I like the beefed up guess who's where there's like 40 different people to choose from. Oh, but, I don't know if I ever played that. Yeah. Guess who? Um, so we played three games. Did, I won you, the, did you win any? I won the first two. Okay. He won the last one, and he instantly did the dab on me. He's like a little seven-year-old. He's like double dabbing. Dab the, dabbing? Like, <laughs> I don't know what a dab is. They like do the whole like whatever. They like You've never seen that ever? <laughs> Look a it up dab? sometime. Yeah, like I've never heard of. It. I'm 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 old. I'm sheltered. <laughs> it's like a weird like celebration. Oh, just like a dance, little do. celebration. Yeah, dance. it's like this little like. Oh, I'm sure he saw it on YouTube. I'm sure. Yeah. So as soon as it happened, he's like, bah, bah. he was dabbing on you. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I dabbed. And I'm like, oh, let's let's put the game away. <laughs> yeah, let's pack this up. You're never winning again. <laughs> but no, for a you know a simple kids game uh we had a lot of fun with it just kind of laughing and doing the dab doing uh, the dab yeah 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 look it up I'm disappointed in your son tim well, <laughs> therefore you <laughs> <laughs> i think i felt <laughs> you didn't get dabbed on <laughs> no i didn't get dabbed on <laughs> Oh, yeah. I want to hear your thoughts on this. So, it was kind of typical Clank fashion. Somewhat. I usually like the first half of the game. Mm -hmm. I like venturing out, you know, climbing down. But then, I never liked the second half. Like, when do you go out? Because usually, the person who goes out ends up losing. Not always, because I think Aaron actually ended up yeah, winning here. Yeah. Um but this game for me was it was rough because well, I couldn't buy any like movement or fighting cards, but it was I went I just got below ground mm -hmm. and I was I got like 
over half my health was gone by the time I got below ground. Yeah. So you want to explain the game real quick for people that might not know? Yeah, yeah. They're pl- you- they've, everyone's played it, so we'll just move on from that. <laughs> yeah, it's a deck-building game. Um, you're trying to venture down throughout the dungeon. Um, if you get an artifact, then you can escape, and you get more points if you escape. You're trying not to produce Clank, because then Clank goes into a bag, and when the dragon attacks, they pull your cubes. If all your cubes get pulled and you're in the below ground, you instant die. You don't count your points. If you at least get above ground, you count your points. You can't escape, which gets you more points and get to keep playing and buying more cards for points and stuff. So that's the gist of it. Yeah. So that's the last part, though, was the key thing, I think, that killed it for you. Because when when we were drawing clank cubes out of the bag, like probably... 85% 85% of the cubes we pulled out were blue ones, I think which it was you. more blue than dragon cubes. It's the black yeah, ones. And it I, like it. I did have a lot of cubes in there, but I think I had like real close or the same as you throughout yeah. the game. Uh, you might Aaron have had like had, two more than me. Aaron had quite a bit as well. Johnny didn't have many cubes in the right. bag. But it was, I mean, you were dead or close to dead real early in the game. Basically what I had to do is, I think at one point I was two spaces below ground and I had to use, I had to like grab, I grabbed an artifact and it was a cheaper one. Just And I got above ground because I knew mm-hmm. basically I was going to die if it got before it got to my turn again. And that's ended up happening. As Yeah. It was, it was pretty obnoxious. I'll be honest. I could tell you were getting frustrated. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, I like Clank, but that's always been my biggest negative of the game is the movement. Because at times when you really need to move and you just can't get enough movement cards bought or played at the same time, it just completely kills you because you're literally just sitting there taking hits yep. turn after turn because you just can't move out of this cavern or whatever it is. Yeah, and I, I couldn't move because I didn't have any swords, but if I moved, I would have been fighting monsters and taking hits that way. So it's like. Yeah, which you're almost dead anyway. So yeah. it just. Yeah. And Johnny, he stayed. Uh, he stayed in that dungeon. He would not come out. No, and <laughs> we're all even laughing. Like, what do you? He had a chance to get a key and go up and kind of get out. Yeah. But he bought a backpack instead, and then went back down into the dungeon because <laughs> he wanted to get more artifacts. <laughs> yeah. Did he even get out? No, he, he w- died he before close, right? he even got above ground. Yeah, okay. He wasn't even close to getting okay. up. So I beat him. By default, because I was able to count my score because I got just above ground. Well, you beat him. So, yeah, it, it, kind of the same thing for you, though. It, he told me to bring it, and I, I kind of didn't want to. I did, but I didn't really want to, you know? <laughs> so Yeah, because he was picking, so he yeah. wanted to pick it. So does the the space version of this change anything enough to make you like it? The thing I like better about space is... It's easier to gauge when someone's going to go out because you have to go through corridors or a certain length. And then the the chaining, like, if you have a... I don't remember what they are, but certain uh, colored cards or whatever, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. Chain stuff. Yep. But other than that, that one can run long because mm-hmm. I played that quite a few times and we reviewed it too, and it just it runs long a lot, yep. like the first half, but then it just drags unless someone rushes out but i don't know it was kind of funny though 
we we packed the game up and you wouldn't even put it back in your bag you left it here (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i was too bad during the game i did make a few comments especially when i was pretty much almost dead yeah it was like okay uh yeah Yeah, there's nothing i can do here to me it was just funny because i could just watch you suffer i mean not you know (laughs) just suffer but you're just getting beaten down you know yeah and this is one of aaron's favorite games or in his line of favorite games yeah do you think it still is or no i don't know that it's his favorite but it's definitely up there Mm -hmm. uh yeah i don't know he claimed he had only played it like two or three times and I was like, I've played it more times than that with you. And then he had borrowed it a few times, too. And he said, yeah, oh yeah, I played it a couple times every time I borrowed it. Yeah. And when I first bought it, I remember playing it with him twice at the convention we're at. So it's like, I don't know, this is funny. Like he's he's trying to downplay how much he likes it and how much <laughs> yeah. he's played it. <laughs> but, you got anything? Uh, yeah, I, a few weeks ago, I was down in Madison, and I was able to bust out underwater cities. With the expansion. Which brings in some beef boards, player yes. boards. And that's pretty much why I brought it out. I met up with uh, Tim from Thunderworks Games. That's not you. It's not me. Tim. Yeah, so okay. it was it was dual Tims. <laughs> <laughs> we met at I'm Board Games. It's in Middleton, which is pretty much in Madison. Madison, yeah. Which is a really nice shop, actually. They have a really nice play area. You done um, promoting them yet or what? Uh, no, no, okay. they they paid me a ton of money. Maybe <laughs> uh, like a cookie when you're there. Uh, no, no, okay, no. They didn't kick us out right at nine o'clock, so maybe there you go. Yeah. So he requested to play Underwater Cities. I brought it down. And had I, he played before? Or? He had not. No, he wanted to try it. So I brought it down. I didn't play with any of the other parts of the expansion, just the beautiful boards. And yeah, I had a really nice time. I. I like the game still quite a bit. I'm really looking forward to checking out some of the expansion stuff. Yeah. Uh, the different uh, starting cards, action cards, or whatever. You yeah, get. the different starting action cards that you get. Uh, everyone gets a. It's slightly different for everyone, so it's not just all the same. Uh, so it adds a little bit to that, and then there's kind of a prelude aspect to it too, where it kind of kickstarts your engine uh, as far as that. And then a few other things that I got to look into yet, but uh, the player boards, player boards, the biggest thing, yeah, they're really nice, and it's they gave you like double the amount too, so it's just an outrageous amount of player boards. Are they all different, like asymmetrical or whatever? Uh, so if the if I remember right, the f- one side is the same. You flip them, and then they're all okay. different. Uh, but then I think some of them are specifically for certain, certain expansion stuff. So a few questions. Yes. Who won? I think I did. Poor teaching then. Okay. That was intentional. It was his first play, though. Yeah. Um, did he enjoy it? He said he did. Okay. That's so good. he was comparing it to um, Terraforming Mars, Okay. which I've heard that comparison before, and because I think he said it was one of his favorite games. Okay. So he was kind of looking at it like, oh, I heard it was a terraforming Mars killer, quote unquote. So it was um, trying to see how it compared to that. So maybe he didn't like it. He just didn't want to tell me. I don't know. <laughs> I could see why, obviously, we even compared it to that ourselves. Yeah. Cause, but besides, like, the card play, it is tons different. Oh, yeah. And whatnot. But, yep. yeah, I can, you know, but you still have the production, too. But the map and terraforming Mars and that goals and stuff is different than right but 
I can definitely see the similarities. I personally, I think I like this more. I only played this once. Yeah. But I do like Terraforming Mars, but it has gone down for me since we first started playing. I still really enjoy it, but mm-hmm. I think I'd prefer this, especially if you got those player boards. Now, if you get those resources upgraded, ooh-wee. Yeah, I got to look around. I'm sure someone... Oh, yeah. I think the geek market, I think, has something, too. Do they? Yeah. Tim, come on. What? You're recording. You can't tell me that and then not want me to look. I don't actually know. I just said that. Oh, okay. Well, let me know if there's somewhere where I can upgrade those resources. Well, I'm glad you and Tim had a good time. Yes. I always have a good time with... Other Tim? (laughs) I was going to make a joke, and then it was... I don't want to go there. With yourself? (laughs) Tim's or, you know, something. So, Ryan, I have a few side notes I put on here, not new plays or anything like that. So I don't know a ton about this, but uh, it was announced that there's a new Twilight Struggle. Yeah, the Conflict of the Red Sea. Yeah. Yeah. So it's supposed to be like shorter playtime and supposed to be more Shorter, a little lighter and whatnot, and you can add it on too. Oh, I didn't see that. I thought I read. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm hmm. misremembering. But yeah. yeah. I'd rather just want to play Twilight Struggle. I saw it and I looked at yeah. it and whatnot. I thought cool and whatnot. But Yeah, I definitely thought it was cool. And then it made me remember how little I get to play this game. So then I was kind of sad. So it was a little bittersweet. So you got pissed when you... What Not... are those side notes you got? Uh, did you see there's an update from Origins? Okay. So as of right now of us recording this... They are full-on planning on doing the con. But if things change, they said, I believe it was May 1st, they would for sure say yay or nay. But, oh, one way or the other? Yeah. No matter what? Right. So May 1st is like the cutoff. So if they... It's not really true, though, because it could be like state-mandated after May 1st. To where <laughs> where they the... can't hold it and they say they're holding it or something. Well, as far as, you know, what they can control, yeah, that's what they said, that they want. You know, obviously, the safety of everyone is, you know, number one thing. Yeah, and it's so far away at this point. Right. Stuff is changing so rapidly that there's no way to know. Yeah, there's no way to know, but they wanted to basically for sure say yes or no. Try to let everyone know. Before it was too close. Yeah. So May 1st, but... As of now, it's a go. So, yeah, I'm definitely excited to hopefully go to Origins again. We are yep. planning on it. Got the room booked. Badges purchased. Yes, yes. I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. If not, we'll do we'll do our own con or we'll something. We'll do a lot of gaming otherwise. Yep. Well, that's all I got. That's it for me. All right. So let's move on to our review of On Mars. On Mars was designed by Vital Lacerda and published by Eagle Griffin Games in 2020. It plays one to four players in 90 to 150 minutes. On Mars is a competitive game where players are working as chief astronauts from different enterprises and develop the biggest, most modern colony on Mars by achieving Department of Operations and Mars Exploration Mission goals, as well as your own company's private agenda. The game will end shortly after three missions are completed. The player with the most opportunity points is a winner. During the game, players will take one main action and one executive action in any order, and play will pass until all players have done so. 
Then the shuttle phase will commence. During the shuttle phase, players will have the option of traveling between the colony and orbit. When taking actions each round, it will depend on where you are located, orbit or the colony. In orbit, players will be collecting resources and crystals, acquiring blueprints for advanced buildings, learning and developing technology. In the colony, players will construct buildings, upgrade buildings using blueprints, welcome ships, bringing in new bots and colonists, hire scientists, acquire earth contracts, and move your rover and bots. The game end will be triggered once the remaining missions marker has reached the end of its track, the current round is completed, and then one more complete round is played. Players will add up opportunity points, and the player with the most represents the company who has built the greatest colony on Mars, satisfying both their company as well as Dome. So, Tim, on Mars? Yes. What kind of production quality we have? Well, it is the Eagle Griffin with uh, Vitella Serta, and it looks awesome. I mean, just about like any of the other productions that they put out in his line of games, I have not seen one that's looked bad. They always have really nice player boards, uh, beautiful art. You know, everything really makes sense as far as what the actions you can take on the board. Really nice player aids too, Ryan. So I'm going to throw out my my negatives first. Okay. I'm going to start crying right away. You usually do. The only other eagle games Lacerda game I've played was Lisboa. Mm -hmm. So these, when I punch these tokens, they're a little flaky. They still are a little bit flaky. Okay, yeah, I've Not noticed that. Not as bad that. as they were when I first punched them, but I heard a lot of people with On Mars and Escape Plan had the same problem because they switched to, I think, Panda Manufacturing, and then okay. they had that problem. So all the cardboard is flaky that you punched out? Yep. It doesn't really... It's just annoying, though, right? I mean, it's not really an issue, no, is it? No, but I played Lisboa, and it was perfect. Mm -hmm. and then I go to this, and it wasn't perfect. Some of the card... Ba I didn't sleeve these cards. Some of the cards, or the backs of like the private goals, is like really dark. So then it, you can see the wear pretty easily Oh, on some of them and stuff. Not that the private goals, it really matters. Like Because those are optional, too, right? No, oh, no, you no, do, no, not those ones. There's the one mini expansion where you can add in an extra private goal. Okay, that's the one I was but thinking of. Okay. Little things like that. I mean, overall, though, outstanding. You know, the the art on the game is awesome. It looks great, I think. Yeah. The components, super thick, chunky, a lot of silk screening on a lot of the wooden components. I really like that over, like, the plastic. It looks right in his games. It looks good, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the player boards are awesome. But, yeah, that was just some nitpicking that I wanted to do. Is I was I was, was a little frustrated when I was sitting there punching and there's just flake stuff everywhere. See, I didn't notice that. I mean, you pointed it out and I noticed it when we were playing. Oh, you know, there's yeah, little flakes, but I didn't punch it, so it wasn't like, you know, I I didn't have that experience like you. I wasn't swimming in you know yeah. cardboard dust. And then the, uh, well, you can tell on some of like even the building tiles too, like. It looks like or it's showing wear just because of that, because it's like it just mm. seems like the edges are get roughed up pretty easily. But again, it's not actually really a gameplay issue, so it doesn't right. matter a whole lot. I really, I really like the look of this board, though. You know, with all the it just looks pretty with all the yeah, buildings out there, with all the the different buildings. They do. It's very subtle, but all of the 
the player color buildings are all different. Yeah, just like super I, subtle I things like that. Yeah, I have enough going on in my head during this game that I'm not looking at the player buildings, but yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to complain again, so buckle in. Okay, hit me. It's just my last nitpicky thing. A lot of this stuff, you know, it's not that big of a deal, but I just Is it the insert? Because you were complaining yep, about that. It's yeah. the insert. The resources, I wish the resource tray you could just pull out and put on the table. Yeah. I, putting them away is a pain it's one of those where, like, you got to, you know what I mean? You stack them all yeah. like a... So, Co like a, when you get a pack of coins from the bank or something, like in the log, that's yeah. how they stack in. So kind of like it made me think of um, Five Tribes when you put the money in there because yeah. it's in the same, like... I absolutely hate that. I, yeah. But, like, Lisboa and other stuff, you just pull the stuff up. Like, they could have just cut that part of the insert, make it separate, mm -hmm. so I could just pull that. But I, I can't because it includes, like... I don't remember what it even has with it, but it's just... You're not you're not pulling that out to yeah, put so, it on the table. So you are stuck with it. Yep. Unless you make your own insert. I'm not handy. We already talked about this. Yeah, we know that. Yep. I already went on a rant about player aids and that online. Was, that was the whole uh, errata, right? Yeah, it was errata. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Don't get me going. <laughs> you can go again. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, I would say very, very good would be outstanding or perfect if not for my little niggling problems which are probably just m me problems because i own the game yeah i would say it's you problems because i got a lot of problems and yeah that ain't what <laughs> <laughs> so theme tim yes i'm going 50 50 on theme 50 50 yeah so half of the theme is well the like plot of the game is I'm this chief scientist for this company and I'm I don't feel like I'm running any sort of company or anything. I'm not my company doesn't do anything different than your company. I mean, yeah, they can throughout the game by different upgraded buildings, but like you don't you're not given this thing saying you're this company. No. You're not there's nothing there for that and like we're completing missions for Dome, which is basically like a a UN sanctioned thing about terraforming Mars and uh, something like that. I don't know. I don't feel that part at all, but I feel like I'm terraforming Mars and I'm getting into that when I'm playing it. Like I'm moving my rover around, building buildings and that type of stuff. Yeah. yeah it feels like, you know, like a little like colony city building game. Yeah. It feels like that. But when you say, you know, that you're like some chief engineer, chief astronaut, chief astronaut, but yeah, that we, part is not really. That's no. why I'm going fifty-fifty on it, because yeah, I, I I feel you there. See, I didn't know that was in the rules. I didn't know that was the quote-unquote theme, or overarching theme. No, I don't feel that. But if you're looking at a game of you know building a colony on Mars, moving around, kind of searching the landscapes with your rovers a little bit, building with your little robots and all that kind of jazz. Yeah, I feel it. I I don't super, super feel it. It's not like, you know, I'm going to go watch The Martian as soon as I'm done. But uh, I might watch it because it's a good movie. Well, yes, but it's not like I'm thinking, you know, oh, I'm going to ex expand on it. You know you know what I mean? Maybe you don't. Okay. I feel you. Okay. But, yeah, I I enjoy the theme. I've talked about it before that I like the space theme. Uh, it could have. I really like the astronaut helmet. 
on the box cover. I'm looking at the rule book here, but right there. The blue one? Just the the cover of the game is just awesome to me. Oh, yeah, I agree. I'm I, know that's, I know that's getting back into the production quality, but that right there gives me more theme than a lot of games do. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I feel it somewhat. Well, you wouldn't say it's a game that you would that you like searched out just because of the theme though, right? No, I got it because it was Lacerda. Mm-hmm. And his games are cheaper on the Kickstarter, and I looked into it, and I'm like, yeah, I like Mars and stuff. Yeah. So let's get into the gameplay. How do you feel about that? The gameplay is quite enjoyable. I like how the actions work, so depending on where you are. So the board... Uh, if you look at the board, you know, there's obviously the main board where you're building the colony and you're moving your rovers around. But if you look on either side of that area, there's action spaces. So if you look on one side of the board, it has your action spaces if you are off planet. Yeah, in orbit. In orbit. So there's specific actions that you can take when you're up there. Or if you switch and you're on planet, you have different actions that affect what you do on the planet. And I I think that's really cool. Initially, when I saw that, I wasn't quite sure, um, you know, if I'd feel too limited on what I'm going to do. But really, getting blueprints in orbit, you're basically collecting a lot of resources up there. And then when you move back down, that's when you're affecting things on the planet. So you're moving your rover around. You're moving your little robot. You're building buildings. Uh, you're building your um, blueprints on those buildings, and kind of expanding out that way. So, if as long as you know that, you can kind of time out when you're moving back and forth pretty well. And the whole flow of that, I think, is what really captured the game for me. And that's how I. That's what I like most about the game was being able to kind of travel back and forth and try to time out. If you're going to move with the shuttle or if you're going to waste an action to drop back down yourself or if you have a special building that can launch you to orbit, you know, there's different stuff like that. So it just is a lot of fun. I really like the technology, how that works a lot. I can get a technology to move the rover, for example. Now, I'm able to use that technology and you're also able to use it for free as well. What I'll get something if you end up using it for that extra movement. Um, so say you use it to get the plus four, say it's level four, you get plus four movement. Yeah. I'll either be able to level that rover tech up for free or I'll get an oxygen. I get to choose. I really like that. So there's some positive interaction there. There's negative interaction too because maybe that's leveled all the way up and you really don't need oxygen. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to use Tim's rover technology so he's not getting getting anything out of it. But I would like how that works, the technologies, and you can try to hose people or, like, make it so the timing isn't right so they're able to build certain building types if those buildings tech aren't up high enough to make the complex or whatever. I mean, you could still build the single buildings, but just that interplay is interesting. Yeah. But then you can also get blueprints to override that where you can make up for the tech difference by spending workers and stuff like that. Yeah. So the blueprints are all really cool. So I I agree. I like how the tech works. My biggest negative with the game is specifically that rover tech. 
I like that you can upgrade the rover, but in every game that I've played, somebody grabs that rover tech right away, and literally everyone at the table, if they're going to move their rover, they're going to use that tech. So it's pretty much instantly nine points for whoever there's, buys that first. With three or four players, there's going to be two rover techs that come out, though. Yeah, and there was a second rover tech that I've seen, but it's almost always later in the game. you got to get it right away. Well, I get that, but you know what I mean? I didn't it's, have it in the last game. Well, obviously, did. I know he did, and I watched him just fly his rover tech right up there. And, of course, everyone's going to use it. Yeah. You know, why wouldn't you want to move your rover farther? It save didn't do on any good, though, but to win. It was still basically free nine points just well, it's for not buying. Free, he still has to take the action and. Oh, so he, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying, though. It I was know what you're it saying, was kind of but... one of those things. It was like tech envy. <laughs> you were mad that people weren't using your tech, basically. Uh, a few people did, but it was. But what I'm saying is, like every game I've seen it, where it's that oh, one's I'm generally going to get used early, especially early, or if the right uh, those exploration. I can't think of what they are right now, but those. They get put out onto the board. Yeah, the little, you know, where if you go, you put if you basically park your rover on it. Yeah. But a lot of times, like late in the game, there's a lot of crystals on the board too. So, oh, I can use Michael's tactile, move an extra six spaces, and get a couple diamonds on the way. But then there's a bunch of times at the end of the game, it didn't do him any good because it was already maxed out on tech, and he didn't need or he couldn't hold any more oxygen yeah but at that point it's well it's maxed out oh no you know what i mean it's like yeah that was my that's one of my biggest negatives of it i'm gonna disagree with you i assumed you would <laughs> and that's i i'm sure a lot of people do but i liked how the text work and i like that other people can use it and you can benefit from it but specifically that one tech always just kind of irritated me i love the rover tech <laughs> <laughs> I love moving, zipping around. See, I, I almost wish it was like everyone had. I try their to own grab little... it every single time right away too, because I know. Well, yeah. To be using it. Why wouldn't everyone try to grab it right away? Yeah. But maybe you want to grab a good blueprint, start out the game. Maybe, but everyone, whoever has gone first, is pretty much grabbing that tech right away. You know what I mean? I almost wish it was like a little track of your own, that the all the other techs were the same. As far as building, you just want building. the rover one separated, and then the rover one is separated, so then you can control how far your own rover is going to move. So, what are you mad about that Michael's getting nine points at the end of the game, or what? Maybe it was because I never got the <laughs> rover tech, so maybe that's why I was just mad about it. Well, next game you play, get one of the two rover techs, and then you'll be, you'll love. I'll it. be happier. Yeah, but still, it it still doesn't. You know what I mean? It's one of those things, though. It's almost a dumb play not to grab that tech instantly if it's there. See, I I don't really care if I get it because I know it's going to get puffed up and I can just use it for free. whoop de do I get Michael, each time I use it, I might give him a point or two or I give him a resource, but it's gonna what I'm using it for is going to vastly outweigh the benefit he's getting out of it. Yeah, I never felt that. I was just looking at it. Get a plan better. You know that's an <laughs> issue for me. I never had any rover tech envy. Well, I did. In fact, I liked the last game where Michael had it because I didn't have to get it, and then people were just puffing it up, and when I took the rover action, I was like, all right, got other technology. Hmm. Okay. 
I'm just saying. No, that's fine. I, I appreciate right. that. So Tim doesn't like rover technology. So right. We're going to have to call NASA right now and tell them to shut it down. Yep. Turn it off. All right. What else? What do you got? What else do I, I like? <laughs> or don't like, either way. Uh, so I'll stay on the negative train. All right. Or the negative rover. <laughs> I'll s- it's more rover stuff here, huh? It's actually not rover stuff. <laughs> um, it's more to do with the tech again. Okay. So the first game we played, we just did the regular, you have your own, like, you get those three little personal mission cards. Yep. I like those. I didn't like the extra ones that were added in. I think you said they were like a little mini expansion. Yep. And the reason is, so if it benefits the people that are going for those techs way just, more just than... Just gives them nine points or something. Oh, just nine but points. But you have to get like five things in the right spot on the tech And I get that. Grid. So or you can just go for one of the other goals. What other goals? The other three cards that you have. You can only do one goal each game. I thought you could actually do one of the three and then... You can only do one. So I didn't. Okay, so I didn't know that. Yeah, you can only do one during the game no matter what. And okay, the rest can even be if used it's... as crystals. If you have that in, you just basically get a fourth card, another mission that you're able to complete. Right. Only one out of the, one no matter what every game. You just have an extra crystal to spend or a different goal to try to do. Yeah, but one of those tech cards, those you can't use those for crystals, though, can you? Yeah. You can? Yep. I thought the backs were different, though. The color is different, just to show it's a mini expansion, but it has a crystal on it. It's the same exact thing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> Clear that one up. <laughs> yep. So do you still have a negative with it or no? Not so much. Okay. Because so my assumption when we were playing with it was that... You could complete that one and... And one of the oh, other no, three? No, 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 no. Okay. It's only one, no matter what. Okay. And then it can also be discarded as a crystal, just like the other ones. Okay. So, I, I thought it was just a different no, Just more thing. crystal mitigation is all it's giving you. Okay. So I'm going to blame it on you for not explaining it clearly to me. I just did. Now you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was going to say, if he's got more negative with how the tech works in this game, I'm going to be a salty. Because I love how it works. I haven't really seen that much where... There is positive and negative interaction with the tech, but it's more positive. But I like how it works a lot. So you keep saying like negative interaction. So what I mean with that, it's not a lot of it. So let's say I have a level one plant building tech, and he wants to build a plant complex, and he can't because let's say it's a level, the tech is one level too low for what he wants to build. So what complexes matter is if you want to get your progress cube on the bottom, you know, he's... You score that a few times during the game. More cubes you have out there, the more points they'll get. So it might stop someone from doing that because maybe he can't get two away to build or he's got to move his bots again, just things like that because he's trying to get those opportunity points because those are all different each game and maybe that one's score two points for every shelter you have out there and he's got four shelters, just things like that. It's not that bad, like negative. It's just more preventing someone from building the complex to get maybe the plants, like a load of plants when you build that complex or the progress cube down there. So it's not like... But it's just interesting how that works because there's been times when I've been playing where I'm like, ah, can't can't Aaron... It's just if that was one level higher, you know, I I could build that complex. Instead, i got to build two away or i got to go with a different plan. Yeah. 
So you say it's negative interaction, but really to me, it wasn't even like negative interaction. It was just, yes, you can kind of strategize, you know, if you see someone trying to go for those buildings and you have that specific tech, you can try to like, you know, yeah, it's more bag it down tension a little bit. or angst or something. Yeah, that's more, that type of thing. that's how I, more I felt like and it. And they're each level one blueprint. There's one for each building type that someone can get as well. Like if I really want to go for water buildings, I'm going to try to get that blueprint water building if i couldn't get the tech to make up for the difference right so there's ways to get around it as well i like the executive actions and the blueprints yep the executive actions you get on your board you know you can take one each turn um before or after your main action you can unlock new ones through that or by welcoming ships yep or you can uh buy those blueprints and then you have to also build them out on the board and that gives you a different executive action which are usually the even more powerful ones yeah. and then also during the game you can get scientists that you can put on those specific buildings yeah and there's more friendly interaction right there where right so say if i get a scientist and i put it on one of ryan's buildings now him and I can both take that action for free. Yeah, the executive. It would be our executive action, but we're able to do right. it for free instead of paying. The crystals or yep. the workers, yeah. And I I like that quite a bit too because you're kind of working towards, you know, you see what scientists are out there and what buildings and blueprints kind of go with it. So you're trying to plan out, okay, if I get this one, or you might I might see Ryan going for a specific building. So maybe I'll grab the the scientists so then also i can take those kind of beefier you know yeah. executive actions I, I like that quite a bit too and it's similar in lisboa where one thing feeds into another because if you get a scientist that um, can be placed on the battery white buildings he's going to score though for something else i can't remember what it is i'd have to look but maybe he scores points for all plant advanced buildings that are out there things like that yeah, I, I like how that works. I think it's minerals, but yeah, I like how each scientist can activate a certain type of building, but at the end of the game, they'll score for different types of buildings. So it's like, well, do I want to go for that? Do I want to use that building? Do I want to go for points? How do you feel about the contracts? There's different ones we've used. Some of them are resource, basically collection ones. Other ones are you know, a certain amount of advanced buildings in a complex of a certain type. We had ones that was just blueprints of a certain type. Those, so those come out after you purchase a scientist, When you right? buy a scientist or take a different contract, whoever took it then gets to pick what contract comes out. Yeah, I didn't mind them. It wasn't like okay. I had a... I just didn't know how you'd feel about it. No, because, you know, you basically... So once you buy a scientist, you put out... You get to look through the deck and actually pick which one I you like put out I like that the person there. who buys or takes a card gets to replace it. Yeah. There had been a few times where I'd buy a scientist and I was going, nothing in there really went towards what I was doing, so I just kind of picked a random one and put it out there. I'd also look around the table to make sure I wasn't just going to give, give somebody an easy... Right. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I I like it. I guess I don't have uh, anything bad to say about it or any negatives there. I like the pressure he puts on you in the game for the contracts or the... Uh advanced buildings that if you don't build them or complete them you're going to lose points yeah so you can't totally hate draft right because you're going to end up yeah take that advanced building well i'm going to lose five points if i don't build it you mm -hmm. know so i like that 
pressure that he puts on it. I like the different end game triggers. So you always put out three of those little mini cards. Yep. And depending on player count, it tells you where to put the cube. Yep. And then whenever, like, so say if we, in a three-player game, we have to get five scientists, let's just say. So every time somebody buys a scientist, they basically tick it down, you get a crystal, and then that's also kind of the game yeah end game it's, trigger it's nice how that works too with you're rewarded for doing something yep. you get crystals which are a big deal yeah you're kind of helping advance the colony so you're getting like yep. a, a little bonus i like that and then if the uh the colony levels up to i think it's level two and three mm-hmm. then it'll actually tick the time marker down too to end the game yeah so i like that there's those different ways that it's gonna tick mm-hmm. down and end so how do you feel then about as the colony progresses when the next round kind of starts when the ship well actually I'll say when the ship moves the shuttle the shuttle instead of going on the one spot and bouncing around each round yep. it's going to take two rounds before it goes back up. How's level 2? Yeah. yeah, whatever. I like that a lot. Um it just makes you plan ahead or think a lot more the last game we played there was a couple times when i thought man i really should have moved to orbit of the colony but i didn't i was able to do some things to make it work or take actions that would make it work but it was like i really should have moved instead of maybe i don't know if i want to be there for two turns or three turns but i like too that if you welcome new ships you can they'll score your points at the end of the game but you can also discard them to, to be able to yeah. to be able to move. Yeah, so really it it is like a struggle like you said like oh maybe I should move now because I can take basically two actions up in orbit before I come back down and I get enough resources or mm-hmm. get another contract. Maybe get that rover tech that's hanging around. <laughs> oh, that's been gobbled up already. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's way gone. That's both of them are uh, max level already too. Oh yeah, you know they are. And you don't have them. <laughs> no, I never do. <laughs> But, yeah, I, I like that tension, but then, like you said, there's ways to kind of mitigate it. You know, mm-hmm. if you're in orbit, you can take the one action. It costs you a turn to move back down, or you could spend the shuttles or different buildings and stuff like that. So it never really felt, like, restricting. Like, I'm on planet. I've got nothing to do. There's always something you can do Yeah, that's going to help benefit you. Yeah, and then you also have your... You should have some executive actions too that you can take to at least to do something beneficial or to pl- right. get you ahead. That's pretty much what I got. I like the sometimes you can boost certain actions by spending workers or crystals, sometimes not. Sometimes you have to spend workers to take certain actions, depending if opponents are there or not. Yeah. So, want to get on to our final ratings? Let's do it. All right, Tim, what do you got? So, Really, I only have the one negative because I just completely miss. I was misinformed <laughs> by Ryan about that. Uh, you never asked that card. I did explain it. Everyone else understood it, but there's so much explanation going on that. Yeah, yeah. There, you know, there is, you know, a lot going on in the game, but really, you know, so so far in my gaming life, quote unquote. You know, as far as Lacerda games, we played Lisboa and this one. So those are the two I have to compare. CO2. Oh, yeah, CO2. So, but the two main ones, I've, I've played more of those. Yeah. Of Lisboa and on Mars. And so those are the two I want to compare. 
And when I think about those two, I like On Mars a lot more than Lisboa. Because to me, I felt like Lisboa, it almost felt more fiddly. Like there was just a lot of little things going on that kind of tie into other things. Mm -hmm. This still has it a little bit, you know, as far as when you're going to try to time stuff out, make it work together. But I never felt like forced to do certain things or that I was like restricted. Yeah, there's not as much I got to do this to do that in order to do what I really want to do type of thing. Yeah, and... That's why, in my opinion, I like this game a lot more. I really like how the the two action phases kind of work. Uh, one thing I don't think we really talked about was the turn order, too. So when you move from orbit to the planet as well, you choose basically three or four slots where you're going to put your worker. So then the turn order goes by the basically left to right on the board. It starts in orbit. You're going to take your actions on in orbit, and then whoever's on planet, they're going to take their actions in order. But also where you place, you get like a little benefit depending on where you put your turn order yeah. scientist or guy. So I, I really like kind of trying to plan that out too, where you're going to move back and forth, how the different actions are separated, and that I never, like I said, the biggest thing for me was I never felt like I was restricted, like I couldn't do something that I wanted to do. And that's what brought me to my only real negative was that rover tech. That it, it just felt you wanted way more. So you're restricted in the fact that you wanted to get that rover tech and you weren't able to do it. Well, that's why I would like to see your own little personal <laughs> rover tech track. Give me that, and I don't. I would have nothing else to complain about. Okay. I would have to join you in complaining about the little flakes on the cardboard. <laughs> Hey, that's a big deal sometimes, <laughs> some people. I'm not saying it's not, but uh, so that all in all, I really enjoy the game. You know, I didn't think it was too overly complex. You know, again, comparing it to Lisboa, uh, I didn't feel it was too fiddly, anything like that. I just kind of enjoyed the whole experience. Uh, so that puts me right at about a nine as far as uh, enjoyment and my rating value. So I would, I would recommend it. Pretty highly. Yeah. So the reason I bring up the flaky and that stuff is and the components is because it is such an expensive game. Yeah. So I'm going to bring that up just so people are aware and they're not disappointed because it is, to me, kind of pissed me off. Ooh. <laughs> but anyways, so <laughs> my harsh final rating is probably, I would say, right around a 9 as well. I don't know if I like this or Lisboa more. I don't know. you got to pick one. Right now, you got to pick one. Right now, I'm gonna go with Lisboa because oh, I've man. lost. You guys are better at it. Better at Lisboa? Well, that's not true at all. I'm terrible at that game. I've lost Lisboa. Not to I, me. On every time I, <laughs> I'm never gonna say it. Say it. You started. <laughs> no, because my because uh, when I'm playing on Mars, basically once we get a third of the way through the game, I already know I've won. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but. We're very uh, amateurish at the game. Right. Where Lisboa, I'm not very good at. Huh. I like the... I, they're really... They're both... They're in the same ballpark. It's like the same... I don't know which I'd pick. Um, if I'm fresher on the rules, I'd probably pick Lisboa just because it is a little trickier. This one's more straightforward. There's a few different weird things that aren't in most games, but they're not hard to pick up on if you've played some heavier games before. Right. It's easier to pick up on. 
I think the hardest thing to kind of wrap my head around as far as like complexity or fiddly stuff was the the number of buildings so you can't build like if you have a like a greenhouse one or green building you can't build it next to it unless you have one of the tech tiles that's upgraded or someone else yeah you have to or someone it else, has to yeah. be level two or higher it's the amount of buildings you're connecting to right not including the one you're connect using to connect yeah so, or you have to be exactly two away yeah so that was initially when you explained that and the first game we played it was kind of goofy and weird to kind of wrap my head around. Yeah. But now knowing that and understanding what that rule is, it's like, oh, okay, you know, we just kind of go with it. But to me, that was kind of the biggest quote-unquote hurdle. Yeah. I think you have to focus a lot in this game because there is so much that you can and want to do in it. Yeah. Like you want it, all that stuff to me in this game is fun to do and interesting, but you really got to like, you got to just hone down, limit yourself a little bit and just be like, okay, how do I get points here i really enjoy it though um i think it's a great game yeah i'm giving it a nine and that's all i got so we've seen a big rush of mars games so is this mm-hmm. your favorite mars game i think i've only played two okay <laughs> i know it's just a weird <laughs> so question. i do like it more than terraforming mars that's what you're wondering yeah i mean if you've only played two mars games then yeah that's i think so well, mission red planet i guess is technically a mars game oh yeah but yeah i've probably played other games that have mars in it right it was just one of those weird, stupid questions. Yeah, okay. I just want to throw at you to see what you'd if you'd hit it or not. So last year, around this time, uh, we reviewed Azul and New Frontiers. Yeah, how are those grabbing you today, Tim? Azul, I, I would say it probably went down. Okay, I didn't know it could go down. Yeah, it could. I know Stained Glass of Sintra went down for you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've played this still. You were pretty low on Azul to begin with. Yeah. And it, it just basically the biggest thing was as the draft went on towards the end of the draft, it always just felt like whoever's going to go last, you can almost just get stuck with a bunch of... You could see it happening. Yeah, yeah, and you can't stop it. I like it a little bit more than when we first played it, the first couple times we played it. Is, um, it, is it because you own a copy now? Well, the reason I own a copy is because I enjoyed it a little bit more. I didn't get it and then, oh, I enjoy this more now. <laughs> I, so I just had to ask. Aaron offered to make a trade for a different game, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, because I'm enjoying Azul more. Yeah. I still am not like wild about it at all. I only feel like playing it once in a great while, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a fine game, but it's nothing... Oh yeah, I'm not stand up. I'm not like saying that it's a bad game. Just my personal opinion on it. Yeah, I, it's it's, yeah. We'll leave it at that. I played it quite a few times since we reviewed it, though. On the other hand, New Frontiers, I haven't, and I wish, I would. Me too. I think the box is too big. Maybe that's part of the problem. That's kind of hard to fit in my game bag. It'll fit in there. Yeah, but, but you got to make a sacrifice then because it's so I big. I know. I'm I'm, I'm kind of counting on Michael or something to get the Puerto Rico Deluxe Edition, and we can play that. It's kind of the same-ish type game. I know it's not Space Tim. So then you just kick on uh, New Frontiers? Like no, Crimson? it's still... Well, I want to play it. I don't know why I haven't. It's just one of those that like I do think about every once in a while, but it's like, well... Yeah, it's one of those... It's one of those games. Like We have like almost a list of games that... You know, when I have to pick, I always have games in mind 
that are consistently on the list. Yeah, there's always the games that are always on the list, and then some like, oh, I haven't played that for a while. You just have the craving for that game. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah. um, You just got to get it over that hump. That's probably not going to happen. You don't think... (laughs) I'm hoping Aaron picks it or something. I'll I'll mention it to Aaron and be like, hey, you liked that game, didn't you? (laughs) Show Johnny. Just show him the box. He played it. Yeah. Everyone... Thought it was, liked it. Yeah, fine. everyone liked it. It wasn't but one of those like like someone the, didn't like it. Or... Right, there wasn't something wrong with the game that yeah. someone didn't like, and that's why it hasn't come out. It's just maybe because I think Marv won once. That's why I haven't played it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's perfectly good reason. Yeah, that's 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 the best one we've had. So yeah, I probably I guess I would say I don't like it quite as much as I did then. But it's because I haven't played it, mm-hmm. so. Hmm. So Ryan, yes, you ready to bring out our table talk segment for today's episode? Let's talk about our personal Mount Rushmore of board gaming. Yes. So that can be anything. And it really, for me, it really is anything. All right. So you want me to go first, or do you want to hit it? So before we get into it, do you want to explain what we mean? When we say our personal... So basically, Mount Rushmore has four president heads on it. Yep. So I'm going with four... Could be four different things. It could be anything that deals with board gaming. And I'm gonna when I go to each one, I'm going to explain why they're on there and just things like that. Okay. So did, I didn't really explain it very well. but Did you match up your pick to each president or did you just pick four? Oh no i just picked four things i didn't like compare this pick to <laughs> president washington or anything okay. like okay i was just curious <laughs> so my first one i'm gonna go with tom vassal okay um it could be tom vassal on the dice tower whichever way you want to put it mm-hmm. you know i first got into board games that was the really the only thing or the main thing that was on youtube to check it out watched so many videos that he made especially yeah. their top tens um just really they're especially very very good when you're first getting into the hobby to learn more about the hobby and what kind of games you might want to check out and they have some heavier stuff too like i still watch it sometimes and get more good info from it but yeah when you're first early on in the hobby it was great for me to learn a lot about board games Oh, yeah. I remember when we first got in, and i just go to YouTube, and I'd type in a game. and He would always have a video. There would always like, be a video. If right? there wasn't, you just kind of like, oh. Yeah, and it was always like, you know, you get so pumped up because it's like, oh, the, you know. You, you start finding more and more games that you never knew about and just watching these videos of. Yeah, I remember just like the first between just getting into the hobby the first year or two, I knew so little about board gaming. And it was like when I'd go and watch a video on a different game, it was like a whole new world. Like, that, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. what? You can do that in this game? And how does that work? Yeah, and right. I can remember watching certain specific videos, just like my jaw just dropping. Like, man, that'd be so awesome <laughs> to play. <laughs> so that would be the first one on there. Okay. So, I matched my items up with 
the presidents, I don't really have a in-depth reason why. It's more just for a visual. Okay. So the first president you see... Are you starting left to right or right to left? I'm going left to right. Are you going in the back to front or front to back? I'm going to just say left to right. So <laughs> if you have ever been to Mount Rushmore and you're standing on the observation deck looking at this, the president on your left is George Washington. So my pick for the board game George Washington would be Board Game Geek. Okay. Again, not really any specific reason why uh, it's Washington, but basically, you know, it's one of those resources that it's a database and a place to chat and talk specifically about board games with people all over the world and just, you know, you could sit and what? I'm just sad. Why? This is one of the things I had, like didn't put on the. There was so many oh. different ideas I had, and this is one of like the ones that was almost on my. Okay, I look but... over and you're just shaking your head, and I didn't know if you were frustrated <laughs> oh, with no. me or yourself. And I mean, there's, it's such a great resource. You know, you can sign up for free, and you can sit, you can add your collection to it, you can rate it, you can comment on it, you can read through comments of other people, look at ratings of games. Yes, they can be skewed and people make weird ratings for whatever reason, but overall it's a great thing to sit and look through. You can read through people's reviews on there. It gives you links to videos on YouTube. I mean, it's it's just... I like going through... I use it all the time, obviously, too. Like yeah. Every day I'm on there. But uh, going through the forums and just getting different people's perspectives on the games instead of just you know, someone on YouTube or a couple of videos yeah. or something seeing what they liked or didn't like about it and what they compare it to maybe other games, just different, different stuff like that. And you can always find tons of, you know, rules, questions. Yeah. Yep. And a lot of times the designers themselves will be in the forms yep. answering those questions too. I mean, where else can you find something like that? Yeah. Where you can connect directly with the, right. The, the people who make the stuff or, yeah. So that is my George Washington board game geek. My number, my second head on Mount Rushmore. Are you going left or right? I'm just throwing heads up there. <laughs> <laughs> so this could be whatever president you want it to be, and that okay. is War of the Rings Second Edition. No, oh, okay. So I should have known. It's my favorite game. It's a theme I really enjoy. The main thing is, is one of the earlier. One of the first games I got, you know, it wasn't the first or anything like that, but it was one of the early games that I had gotten. And as soon as the first time, I, I even fell in love with this game, I think, playing the rules or reading the <laughs> rules and watching the Ricky Royal playthrough. So I, I like, liked it before I even played it. You ever get that, though, where you read the rules and you're just like, yep? I have. It just makes me think of Aaron. <laughs> All right. Take that back. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, just I don't know. I have a lot of memories of playing the game with you and my brother Michael. Um, great times. Every time I played this game, I've had just a ton of fun. Yeah, uh, it's a blast. Just how different each side works. I don't. It just it was my first love of a board game. I guess it was love at first rule. At first read. Yep. 
<laughs> so that is War of the Ring, second edition. Okay. I should not have been surprised. No. You probably won't be surprised with anything else on here. But. I could probably guess. <laughs> Do you think you can guess the rest of mine? I'm going to say Eric Lang. Okay. I, um, I'm going to guess hanging out with us. Which would be sad. Wow, <laughs> no, you, you really put. No, I'm just kidding. You're putting yourself. I on have my... no idea what you'd have on yours. Okay. I'm, I'm just gonna throw out Eric Lang and. I got nothing okay. at all. all. I got right. one of them, but it might be on mine, so I'm hoping hmm. not. Okay. So my Jefferson, right next to Washington. Ah uh, yes, yes. Is the friendly local game store. So. For myself and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people do buy games online, and I think it's a great resource. I buy a lot of games online. Right. But I also think that the friendly local game store, keyword friendly, is a big one for people. You know, not only to purchase games, but to, you know, you can go in there and talk face-to-face with people about games or if you're interested in certain stuff. Uh, But the big thing, too, is the play areas so if they have like open gaming maybe they have a gaming library where you can go and actually play one of their library games sit down meet with people meet new people uh, learn new games play games that you already love and then maybe buy that game so I mean for me it's I think a lot of people maybe stop into a game store not quite knowing what to expect and kind of finding this whole new world out there. So for me, that's why you could put whatever game store you want up there as the head, whatever is your favorite. And okay. I know, I know, we have quite a few local ones. You know, I guess it's a little drive for us, but we got quite a few in our area that we go to that are. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I don't. Quality. For me, I guess I don't consider them local, just because they're like 30, 40 minutes away. Yeah. But, but anytime I go to Appleton, well, yeah, anytime I go, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty gonna, much always stopping at one. It's going to be one of the stops that I have to make, or else why am I even going? Right? Why would I drive Food thirty minutes and for a game store? Yeah, I agree. So when I think of it like that, to me, it has to be on that. It has to be chiseled into a mountain. Okay. <laughs> Third head up on there for me is. Tim, you guessed it, Alexander Fister. Yeah. My favorite designer, but I could still remember reading through the rules in Mombasa, and I'm just... In love. Goosebumps. <laughs> goosebumps. Goosebumps. Um, I remember playing it for the first time with my wife and Michael and just thinking, this is awesome. And I probably played it. 30 times that year alone or 20, I mean, not 30 times, but 15, 20 mm-hmm. times that year. And I know later in that year we went to CincyCon and we learned Great Western Trail. And during yep. that I was like, my head has no clue what's going on right now, Yep. but I know I like it and I'm ordering it. So literally mid game, you pulled your phone out and ordered it online, didn't you? Pretty sure it was like right after we played, I ordered that and through the ages. <laughs> Because they didn't have Through the Ages there, and I planned on getting that too. So yeah. that was a pretty pretty good order, I might say. Yeah. So, yeah, he's got three of my 
probably top ten favorite games, I'd say. Really? So it's hard not to slap him up on there. Get his get his beak right up on there. <laughs> get his beak <laughs> up there. Yeah. Hmm. This makes my favorite type of games that medium medium heavy Euro. Again, it would have uh, it would have shocked surprised, me if it surprised you if it wasn't. Yeah. Mario Kaibo, I think, just cemented it in a little bit. Yeah, that was a good one. Mumbasa, not so much. No, that was good too. No. So my Roosevelt, I put on here. It's way back there, just kind of. Yeah, yeah, he's there, but he's like, you almost gotta like strain to see him for whatever reason. It's just the placement of him is in a in a goofy spot. But that does not take away from the the awe of this being on the list. Okay. Just for the record, what do you got? Uh, so I put Origins, or you could almost lump no, in there. That's my fourth head. Okay. I was going to save that for last, hoping you wouldn't put it on there. I figured you would. That's yeah. the one thing I was okay. figuring you would. Yeah. So I, I put Origins, but really it can be any convention that you go to. You know, if you go to Gen Con, Essen, Anything local, like we go to, uh, I think our first convention was the Nexus Game Fair in Milwaukee. Yep. Uh, we also go to uh, Game Hole Con in Madison. So whichever your convention is, that's what's on this list. But my favorite convention to go to pretty much by far is Origins. You know, it's what, like an eight-hour drive, six to eight-hour drive for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, I mean, it's just wall-to-wall gaming. You know, I love walking around the the dealer hall. I love getting games out of the library, just meeting different people like that. You know, having ha- no responsibility, right? Eating whatever food you want to eat. Oh, and then the you North just, Market. You just gaming, yeah, all day, all you want. It just, yeah, it's, it's the best week of my life. <laughs> it is. Every year when I can put in vacation time, it's that that's week is the locked. One, that's the one that like I have to get, and if I don't, I might not survive the year. Right. Yeah, I got the semi list too. Um, I could have put conventions. Like you kind of listed a lot of them that we went to, but I would put Origins on here just because the first time I was at Origins, it was just so awesome. My head exploded. Yeah, I, yeah, I just. It was by far the largest convention that we've gone to, even even at that point. And it was, you know, we walk in there, and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, and I just, like the ratio of you can walk around and you can demo games and try games out, but there's so much, you do so much open gaming, you don't have to worry about really right. finding a place to sit and game. Because that's what I'm there for. I'm there to play games. I'm there to also demo some games and check stuff out you know what i mean but yeah. like i want to just sit, i just want to play games you mm-hmm. know for 60 percent of the time i'm there the rest of it is sleeping and, and eating, eating and yeah. demoing stuff <laughs> um you were gonna say something else weren't you no okay oh you're thinking poop because <laughs> i went like i made it yeah you kind of like hesitated yeah, i wasn't and thought about it that too okay but yeah it's so much fun every single year i'm looking forward to origins i Hopefully we have it this year and it's safe enough to have it. I'm really, really looking forward to going if we have it. I'm not like much of a social person. I don't go to like, I'm not like a big event type of person. I don't go to like sporting. Yeah, I've been to some sporting events and just different things like that. But I don't really enjoy those 
atmospheres much at all. Yeah. What I like, I get social anxiety and meeting new people and different things. But I really like about board gamers and board games is they're so inviting. They're easier to just get into. There's not as many jerks. Um, yeah. It seems like you know people are there to just to play games and have fun and hang out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just really easy. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed going to conventions, considering that's like the opposite kind of thing of what I enjoy right. doing. Yeah. You know. So my last head and the biggest head on there is going to be Origins. That's a big head. So what do you got, Tim? So my Lincoln rounding off the mountain. Okay. Uh, you had kind of said it earlier as Tom Vassell. I put uh, the Dice Tower as a whole. Okay. Is what I put. Um, and, I mean, we talked about it already. You know, you you type in a game on YouTube and, uh, you know, almost all the time it's going to pop up um, for a video from them. You know, I really enjoyed watching, you know, Sam recently left, but I liked watching the, the top tens with Sam, Z, and Tom, you know, their whole dynamic together. Um, you know, you could find a wide range of reviewers on their channel. You can find somebody that matches up with what you like. Somebody could easily find someone that they relate to. Mm-hmm. And not only the YouTube, but, I mean, they have a really big uh, Facebook group. There's there's a number well, of... Now, too, they got cruises. They have their own conventions. Yeah, right. Like, Quite so. a few. And then... Uh, yeah, I mean, you could find just about anything that uh, interests you within their realm. So that's kind of why I put the whole, the Dice Tower as a whole. Um, one of my honorable mentions, and was kind of related to the Dice Tower, was also like YouTube. Because, I mean, there's so many quality YouTube videos or YouTubers out there geared towards board gaming, too. You can find just about anybody you know, Rado, you know, you mentioned Ricky Royal earlier, does a lot of his playthroughs, um, you know, gaming rules. Watch it played. Watch it played. I mean, there's so many out there. Yeah. Especially now, compared to uh, when we first got into the hobby, each year there's just more and more and more yeah. stuff. And, yeah, my honorable mention would have been Board Game Geek. That was the one that was really hard between those five, picking four of them okay. that I wanted to put on here. So that was the one that missed my list. I have a crazy horse. Okay, what do you got? So this is one that's going to be on there and never complete. Yeah, yeah, and it fits. So the reason I said it was my crazy horse pick was because it's it's big, it's flashy. The TI-4? It's... It's not going to be complete. You know, there's always more to it, right? Okay. Kickstarter. Yeah, it's not on mine. No, I, I didn't think it would be on yours. But because of the fact that a lot of times with Kickstarters, they're big, they're flashy, you get a lot of stuff with it. Ugh. Stop throwing more crap in there. Just give me what's good. <laughs> I don't need this extra stuff that just bloats the game. I like that stuff. Well, I'm so, not a bloater. No, I agree. I don't like bloat in games, but as long as it doesn't bog the game down. I don't want a third box of stuff. What if it's just a second box? Is that okay, or is it is it third that... Second is I, second does really bug me, because mm-hmm. like I want everything in one box. Like I love Orleans, 
but I have both expansions and I have two boxes. So does it drive you nuts that almost always the last stretch goal for Simon is always a a box like a, for all the stretch like goals? The big, yeah, like a stretch goal box. Yeah, yeah, it's annoying. But the thing I look at it as I don't even need that box. I'm just gonna have the base game. Yeah box i'm gonna use that maybe there is a few things from the expansion that complete the game you know that type of thing so i might if i can throw those in there i will but i i get so frustrated digging through kickstarter stuff and they don't tell you what this is or what component do you ever have that you look and there's no component list for that extra junk or what they upgraded and i hate that typically if there's a component list it'll just be base game stuff they should have a component list too for the extra well, if you know it's not in the component list, just know it's Kickstarter stuff and just set it aside because you go Maybe crazy for it. Maybe some games, though, aren't good unless you add expansion, the expansion stuff in there. Yeah, but then you should know. How should I just randomly know? <laughs> that I don't know. Do you okay. have a specific example? There's so many right now, I'm just flustered and I can't <laughs> even think of one. <laughs> um, a lot of cool... Uh, Cool Mini or Come On or Simon or whatever they're called now. Yeah. A lot of their games ha- do it for me. Mm-hmm. I just want one box. I don't need a box full of miniatures and a box with everything else. I think that's what I got for Arcadia Quest right now. That drives me nuts. Or Leon's, that wasn't a Kickstarter, but that drives me nuts that I can't fit everything into one box. <laughs> so what about like some of the... Because you, have, you actually have a few Kickstarters that I know of. That you got, mm-hmm. and you there was so much stuff in there, you just didn't even take it out of the box. So the one specifically is from the um, the the Peterson game one. The uh, oh, um, what is that little uh, tower defense game? Um, yeah, orcs must die. Or? Yeah, probably would. I think the game is probably bad, or it might be okay, mm-hmm. like to play um, team versus team. I think. Okay, I wouldn't want to play just full co-op. So is that why it's never came out? Because you think it might be bad, or because it's there's just so much stuff you don't want to sort through it? It's both. <laughs> it's everything. So I don't want to sort through it. Um, I think it's probably just an okay game. Yeah. I'd want to play it team versus team. I think it's better that way. And there's just so much junk. It's is too that, much. Is that one of those things like you backed it on Kickstarter before I you started that getting... Stuff. It's like more, annoyed by the yeah, the I didn't know that stuff bothered me, and now I know. Okay. So I don't typically, unless it's a game I really, really, really want. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna back that stuff. Like, I backed on Mars, or I backed, you know, different things. I backed uh, Eclipse, Second Dawn for the Galaxy. Yeah. That has a ton of stuff, but it all fits. It's a massive box, but it fits in one box. So yeah. So do expansions ignore uh, like? irritate you as much as well or no if i can fit them in the base box no okay so like like you said orleans is the one that really yeah i'll make exceptions like like orleans i'll make an exception and different things i know you're trying to get me to just keep ranting and rambling (laughs) but that's it's one of those and to me expansions too i'm pretty careful i'm more careful now about expansions and kickstarter backings than i used to be because i I'm more aware of what yeah. I like and don't like and right. things that bother me. But, yeah. Do you feel better now that you 
I feel like I just upgraded my rover tech. <laughs> <laughs> was it because I gave you an oxygen because I used it, or because was, you did it? It was people using result? it. Yeah, people just using it. I was getting that free upgrade, yeah, free nine free points. nine points. Yeah. I didn't even do anything at all. Enjoy it. I will. Okay. <laughs> That's all we got, I think. That's all I got. Yeah. Anything you want to get off your chest? Oh. There's always something, but I don't know offhand. Okay. I'd have to make a note of it next time. Well, dual winners, emails at dualwingames at gmail.com. Tim, it pays to do so right now because what's going on? Oh, yeah, that's right. We have a giveaway going on. For what? A little known game. Okay. Called The Lords of Waterdeep. Does that include the expansion? It does. Does that include the broken token insert? It does. <laughs> that's all I got. So how would I be able, if I was a listener, be able to win a chance to win a copy of that? Well, if you want a chance to win a copy of Lords of Waterdeep with the Scoundrels of Skullport expansion, yeah. with the Broken Token insert, yeah. email us at dualwingames at gmail.com. What do I have to say? Well, we have a little segment on our show called Ryan's Roundtable. So we are looking for questions for that segment. So email us, and in this subject, put Ryan's Roundtable and ask us a question. Sounds good to me. Ask us anything, anything board game related. If you want to hear Ryan rant about Kickstarters again, <laughs> ask away. Ask some Kickstarter-related questions. Right. Oh, um, when is this run till? When do I have a chance to win this? So we will end it April 11th, and we will announce the winner on episode 35. Sounds good to me. So if you got all that, we'd like you to join the Board Game Geek Guild as well. That's Guild 3471. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dual Win Games. And hopefully we get to talk to you guys in another couple weeks. Right. Make sure you stay safe and healthy out there. Yes. Dualwingames.com or dualwingames.com. <laughs> Dualwingames at you. <laughs>